Hey everyone, Matt Straup welcoming you to the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. It is Friday, August 14th, 2020. The NBA playoffs approacheth. The play-in game approaches. That's not something we thought we would say at the beginning of this NBA season. I'm joined today by Steve Alexander. We're going to be talking about some takeaways from the NBA bubble in Orlando, some fantasy takeaways, some things we've learned over the last couple of weeks. Steve, how are you? Uh, I was doing okay until <laughs> we're, we're taping this early, and I just watched Harry Giles uh, in my DFS lineup play four minutes for the Kings. While, while old man Jabari Parker was out there running around for like 30, I don't know, 47 57 minutes. I don't know how many he played. He was he was out there all day. Him and Buddy Heald. So, other than that, I'm I'm doing well. Old man Jabari Parker. Let's yeah, play this game. Let's 20, play this game. 26. <laughs> 25. <laughs> he feels like he's he does, old. He does kind of. I mean, I think it's been said that he has like old guy like Jabari Parker is is the guy who is just destroying it at your local Y. Yeah. Although he also can really dunk. So, I mean, like, he, he's – it's not like Jabari Parker lacks athleticism. He will occasionally just dunk ferociously. Jabari Parker is, in some ways, a good NBA player. But after having him on the Hawks for part of the season, I just didn't feel like – no, the Hawks were so bad. But it didn't feel like Jabari was really much of a plus or a minus. Even when he was putting up good numbers without John Collins, it was like, he's putting up good numbers. But it didn't feel like it, it mattered. But I guess that's just the Hawks' season. <laughs> Well, and it's, I mean, he plays for the Kings now, and he was playing for the Bucks before Giannis. Like, he's always just sort of been stuck in it really doesn't matter land, so. Yeah, this is true. It's sort of who he, who he is, I guess. This is true. I want to hit a little bit of news here real quick, Steve, before we get into some of our fantasy takeaways from the bubble, because Russell Westbrook is reportedly set to miss the first few playoff games with a quad injury. That's according to Jonathan Fagan of the Houston Chronicle. Westbrook and the Rockets, of course, taking on Westbrook's former team, the Thunder. What are your thoughts on this news? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough break for the Houston Rockets, man. I mean, initially, teams were trying to lose. Like, Utah was trying to lose. and I feel like teams were trying to lose because they didn't want to play Houston in round one. But if Westbrook's not there... It changes everything because Westbrook was playing as well as Harden for most of this season. So, and, you know, he's going to miss a minimum of the start of the series. I mean, I could see him sitting out the most of the first entire series in the playoffs. So, I mean, you you can't mess around with Oklahoma City, though. Well, and if Westbrook can play, he's going to play. But, I, I, I mean, it sounds like it's a situation, like, especially for a guy – who goes as hard as Westbrook goes with that kind of injury? I just don't think he's going to be able to play until it's until it's healed. Because if he tries to go too early, it's not going to be good. So it should be a really good series with or without Westbrook. It would have been a lot more fun with Westbrook going against OKC. Harden is going to put on a show, as evidenced by what he did on Wednesday: forty-five points, seventeen rebounds, nine assists, with seven threes. He'll of course be taking on his former team as well. So. That is going to be wild. It's hard to believe, looking back on it, that Westbrook, Durant, and Harden were all on the same team for a minute. Like, that's nuts. It's insane. All right, Steve, let's get to a few fantasy takeaways. And I think we're just going to alternate here down the line, uh, rattling off some takeaways, some things we have learned or think we've learned from watching the last couple of weeks in the bubble. I'm going to start, Steve, 
when it comes to fantasy, I have reached a breaking point with Joel Embiid. That's my first one. And I, maybe you were already there. Maybe a lot of people were already there. But I just want to to reread a sentence, the sentence that started our most recent blurb about Joel Embiid on <laughs> rotoworld.com because I think it really encapsulates the Embiid experience. This is the first line and the only line I'm going to read. Joel Embiid returned from a sprained left ankle on Wednesday, but suffered a right hand injury and will not return. <laughs> That's yeah. it. That's the whole thing. It's just, I'm done expecting this guy to stay healthy. There's just no point. And great player when he's playing, but I'm done. I've reached a breaking point and I'm done drafting him with an early round pick. That's I it. have never drafted Joel Embiid. So four years in the NBA now, 31 games, 63 games, 64 games, 50 games. This is a guy who's never going to play 75 games. And zero games for me, because I'm even though I'm in 15 leagues a year, for four years in a row, I have not drafted him in one of them. Because, like you said, I mean, he was hurt before he got to the NBA. He's been hurt ever since he's been in the NBA. He's just one of those guys where we, we don't write his name without saying the word injury in the blurb. Even when he has... A, one of those historic nights. I'm sure the word injury is written in there somewhere. And yeah. that's what you're saying. Like, you're done. I was already, I never got started, thank goodness. But. Yeah, I just, I want to put this on the record because I'm sure that as the season approaches, I might start to talk myself into it, but no. And again, I mean, I, phenomenal talent and all of that. This has nothing to do with that. I like him as a player, but I also think, you know, I won't be shocked at all if like four or five years from now he's out of the league just yeah. because he can't stay on the court. That would be really sad, but I... I hope yeah, I'm wrong. I hope I mean, I'm wrong about all this. And, you know, maybe he'll play 75 games one of these years. Maybe he'll play. Maybe he'll pull a Marcus Camby and, and play well into his 30s, overcome his injury issues, and, <laughs> and lock some 75-game seasons and be a fantasy force well into his 30s as Camby did. What a, that, what a thrill that, that was. Awesome. All right, Steve, what do you got? Uh, I've got... Uh, mine's pretty simple. I want to be a Denver Nugget when I grow up <laughs> because they've got... This kid named Michael Porter Jr. that is just waiting. He waited. He put in his year of waiting and then went off in the bubble and was spectacular in the bubble. And then they've got this other kid, the son of Minute. Yes. The famous picture of me and me and Minute Bowl taken at the Hyatt Regency in Indianapolis circa 1984. Um, <laughs> the, fa- the world famous picture of you and, you and Minute Bowl. <laughs> Bull Bull can also play, and every time, I don't know about you, Matt, but every time I see Bull Bull go out there and, like, steal a, steal a pass and dribble at the length of the court and throw it down on somebody or play point guard and then pull up from three and hit it, like, it's so fun. I mean, they, like, there's both of those kids, like, watching them play, it just registers nothing with me but pure fun and enjoyment, and... I'm excited to see them develop with the Nuggets uh, over the next couple of years. And by the way, Denver got ridiculous value on both those guys in the NBA draft. Michael Porter fell to the 14th pick, obviously, because of the injury concerns with him. And Bull Bull, because of injury concerns as well. He had the foot injury, and he was, was he like the 55th pick or something? 44th pick. And he was late. So the Nuggets are smart. There's another takeaway. You said you want to be a Denver Nugget when you grow up. I want to be Damian Lillard when I grow up. My <laughs> takeaway, my next takeaway is Damian Lillard is good. On Tuesday, he had 61 points, five boards, eight assists. I said 61 points just so casually there. Did you hear that? Nine threes, 18 of 18 free throws in the bubble 
37 points per game, 4.4 boards, 9.3 assists, 1.3 steals, 5.13 s in his first seven games in the bubble. He's sitting fourth overall in Basketball Monsters 9 category leaderboard. And I guess this takeaway kind of spins into a question, Steve. Is Lillard a no-doubt top five pick for you in fantasy next season? Uh, he's getting awful close. Now, I'm the wrong person to ask because if my guys are there, I'm going to take them regardless and of which what happens. Guy, which guy would that – anyone in particular that you're – He's going to remain unnamed until later. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, at this point – you know, it's funny. I have a 13-year-old son. He's all about NBA 2K. And he's like, why is Damian Lillard on the cover of 2K? He's never done anything – you know, he's just, he, all he can do is score. He's a ball hog. He came up the other night, and I was like, Dame's got 61. He goes, how many assists he got? I'm like, eight. He goes, yeah. And I, I'm like, you're still not impressed? He's like, no, not really. I'm like, Damien Lillard is destroying the bubble. And you, you hear all this hyperbole in every sport all the time about, oh, this player put his team on his back and carried them wherever. Damian Lillard basically literally put the Portland Trailblazers on his, his back and carry, he's carrying them into the playoffs as we speak. And it's pretty incredible. And he's the only player in league history not named Wilt Chamberlain to score 60 points in three games in, in the same season. Um, yeah. And then he's the only Blazer to ever have 50 in back-to-back games. And, and all of the stuff in the bubble with no fans and – being locked away in Orlando. And my favorite part about the Damian Lillard story, I'll wrap this up, is when they were talking about going to Orlando, he's like, I'm not going there to waste my time. If if we don't have a shot at the playoffs, I'm not going to go. Screw it. And the NBA was like, okay, great. We'll let you know this many teams in from and see if somebody can sneak into the playoffs. And that's exactly what they did. It's really cool. And by the way, this started even before – He's been ridiculous in the bubble, but he was playing ridiculous before that. If you go back to mid-January and then span from there to now, his last 25 games, he's averaging 34.6 points and 8.6 assists and 5.13. So maybe you can throw those numbers at your son. Well, if, he's, if, he's, if your son's not happy with 34.5 points and 8.5 assists per game, I can't, I can't help him. Yeah, he's, he's a lost cause. And he's in here stealing a root beer out of my fridge also, <laughs> which is not cool. Wow, that's disrespectful. It's probably his uh, ninth root beer in, in 24 hours, just guessing. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oh, it's my turn. Yeah, it's your turn. Uh, Zion Williamson <laughs> has got a lot of work to do, man. Like, everybody tiptoed around it, I feel like, at the beginning of the, you know, coming into the season. Like, is Zion just big boned? Is he overweight? Is that what he's supposed to look like and I think that between his rookie season and the pandemic and coming back we have seen enough of out of shape not ready for prime time Zion and I I think he realizes that too and he's like I got to get this right. And I think he probably needs to get a chef. He probably needs to get a nutrition specialist. And I think the Pelicans are wishing maybe they would have been a little more hands-on with Zion early on. But I I think we're going to see a much more svelte and different-looking Zion next year when the season starts. I think we could, but I'll tell you my takeaway is I'm going nowhere near him in fantasy next season. (laughs) 24 games. 24 games this season for Zion. 
He, yeah, he averaged 22.5 points. Obviously good. He shot 58.3% for the field. So there were some great flashes, 6.3 boards. But my issue is, obviously, for those of us who play in 8 and 9 category leagues, steals, blocks, and threes are huge. Zion, for the season, averaged 0.7 steals, 0.4 blocks, and 0.33 pointers. He had zero of any of those in the five games in the bubble. So that's a huge red flag for me when it comes to fantasy. And for that reason, I'm just not going to draft him as much as I like him. I am staying away. Well, and then you add in the fact that he may or may not come in at the playing weight he needs to be at, and that's that's another red flag. And it's interesting. Didn't he hit three three-pointers in his first game? He hit four. He was four for four in his first game. Were those the only four he made? He made two after that. Okay. So he was two for ten after that. Four for four in his first game, two for ten after that. You know, I was not buying all the Zion hype when he came in, and I said probably on this podcast at the time, I was like, that's going to end up being his best game of the year, that first game. And it wasn't. He had some other really good games, and, and he he had his moments out there. But in the grand scheme of things, that was one of his better games of the year, I think. Yeah, and, and again, I mean, we got to see the defensive stats before he has a real blueprint to fantasy success or else, you know, numbers wise, he's, he's Zach Randolph or something like that, you know, without, without the steals, blocks and threes, he's not going to be a very good fantasy player. He's a lot of Zach Randolph right now. That is a great comparison. My turn, my turn. My next one, Steve is, I guess lands on indecision. I'm torn on John Morant when it comes to him as a fantasy option moving forward. He was kind of a roller coaster this year and kind of won in the bubble i mean he had some great games but overall 20 points per game 5.4 rebounds 9.9 assists that's all great those are his numbers in the bubble 1.33 pointers however just 0.6 steals and shot just 40.8 percent from the field sitting closer to top 130 range in nine category leagues on basketball monsters leaderboard so i'm torn in the sense steve that it's possible he is better in real life than in fantasy but i also think he's a guy who could make a big leap next season that potential is there as well where do you land i feel like you and i look at young super young players differently because i think you see a year or two and you're like okay this is what this player does and that's it and i'm more like oh this kid's got a lot of growing up to do there's plenty of time he'll get it all worked out this summer (laughs) So now there is no summer. The summer's gone. But yeah, it's uh, I, I'm more I'm more optimistic about John Morant than you are, I believe. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not trying to say that. I think I'm just a little concerned, but the potential's there. So I, I really I've been very high on him. I guess I'm just ultimately let down that he really didn't end up being that helpful to fantasy squads. Ultimately, yeah. I was excited to draft him, but but I think again, I think the potential is there. And uh, overall, he was a pretty good shooter, and I'd like to see more steals from him and, and everything like that, but definitely could break out. It also depends on what you're playing, too, obviously, because like so much of what we do in today's world is all points-based and, and you know daily, and the season-long stuff, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if it's gaining speed or losing people, but I'm guessing it's losing people to, to the daily stuff. And so I, I think more and more of us are more concerned about the the counting numbers than than we are the percentages. Now, if you're playing in an eight-cat league that has a $100 entry fee and free throw percentage and field goal percentage are two of those categories, obviously you need to focus on those and make sure you're good there. But 
see the standard guy playing fantasy right this second, like, I don't really care what Luca shoots when he goes out there. I just want him to <laughs> shoot a bunch, you know? You know, I, I have a, a theory, and I wonder what's going to happen with season-long leagues this upcoming season. You know, if the NBA season starts at Christmas or, or mid-December or whatever it is, when closer to when football season is winding down this year, I wonder if you're going to see more people ready to draft a, a fantasy hoops league. Because I think part of what happens is you're supposed to draft your fantasy basketball squad in October when your fantasy football excitement is still extremely high at a very high level everyone is still in it yeah so i think that really doesn't serve fantasy basketball well you know i think i think you have to be pretty diehard to get ready to start up a league in october while football season is is peaking well you know and i think it'd be cool if the nba just moved its entire season to starting in december because like you said it makes more sense give it some separation from football because by the time december gets here most of the people playing fantasy football are, have checked out. Like, they're probably 80%, you know. Right. Uh, right. So it's the perfect time to start basketball. So I, I, I would like to see this change the landscape permanently, which it might. Yeah, it seems like I can't remember where I've heard that, but it does seem like that is within the realm of possibility that that happens. Everyone, the all-new Roto-World Premium subscription package has the tools and resources to help you dominate your fantasy leagues across all sports from draft to playoffs. Plus, get free access to our brand new sports betting tools from now to September 28th. As a listener of the Roto-World Fantasy Basketball Podcast, get $10 off any annual subscription to Roto-World Premium. To find your edge, visit rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BKPOD10 at checkout. That's rotoworld.com slash edge using the promo code BKPOD10 at checkout. My last takeaway, and this isn't fantasy related, but... I just want to mention that Chris Stapp's Porzingis, who is basically on the all-bubble team, in my opinion, at power forward or center. He killed it in the bubble. He was traded by the Knicks for Dennis Smith Jr. That's going to leave a mark. That's (laughs) all I got to say about that. That's tough. I think back to, as a Hawks fan, I slash we have some pretty painful memories you know, Marvin Williams over Chris Paul is one that has never, that wound has never healed as a Hawks fan and, and never <laughs> will. Not for me either, no. And I never think that's, that's one of those things too. I mean, Porzingis is 25, just turned 25, just averaged 30 and a half points in the bubble. And Dennis Smith Jr., who knows how long he's even going to be in the NBA. Is he still in the NBA? Do we well, know that for sure? <laughs> <laughs> Has anyone seen him since March? <laughs> he was on the New York Knicks. He's he's still only 22, by the way, Dennis Smith Jr. So he was really bad this year, but there was some potential. I mean, he was showing, he, you know, he's shown potential. I think it's still in there in theory, right? Not KP potential. <laughs> no. I mean, for, for Zingas and Luca, if, if they can figure out how to win games at the end of the game, like if Luca can get his stuff together and he finish games and Dallas can start playing a little bit of defense, they could start winning championships next year. Wow. That's a big if, though. Well, If I they mean, learn how to play defense. Their offense is unbreakable until two minutes left in the game. But I don't know. I just think that you've got Doncic and Porzingis together. That's quite a twosome. So, anyway, what do you have any more? 
Victor Oladipo, I got I got one. I, I don't I don't know exactly what my takeaway is here, except that it looks like he's he's putting it together a little bit. Decent in the bubble, 16 points, 5.7 boards, 2.8 assists, 1.0 steals, 2.03s. He shot just 40% from the field. Is this a guy that let's say he's still sitting out there in the middle of a draft in December or in November? Are you going to take Oladipo? Uh yeah, probably. You're an Indiana guy though. I like him. He went to Indiana he had a very serious injury, and it took a long time for him to recover from that. And I think we're just now seeing him get back in the groove. Plus, he plays for a good team. He came back. He didn't want to upset the chemistry. He wasn't really sure how he fit in. His teammates weren't sure. His co- I don't even think his coach was sure, like, what do we do here? And like you said, I think we saw it coming together in the bubble, and I'm I'm good with Depot again. One more, Steve. Devin Booker has truly gone off in Orlando, as you probably know. His first seven games in the bubble included five 30-point games, 31.0 points per game overall in Orlando, 4.6 boards, 6.1 assists, 0.6 steals, and 2.13s. Undefeated as of this taping. Has anything changed for you in terms of Booker's fantasy outlook based on this? I mean, he's a top 30 player, according to Basketball Monster in nine category leagues. Those numbers really resemble his overall season numbers. The scoring is slightly up, but that's about it. So I still think he's probably about the same, really kind of a top 20-ish, top 25-ish guy who's who's really got obviously a ridiculously high floor in fantasy. Well, it's funny. I put a poll out on Twitter. I was like, who's the bubble MVP? And I, I shouldn't have put Damian Lillard's name first, but I put Damian Lillard and then I put Dame Dalla. And then I put Dame Time, and then I put uh, Logo Lillard or something. I put all of the Dame nicknames out there. So people were... Uh, so was there There was no other option? It was only Damian Lillard variations? Yes, Damian Lillard was your only gotcha. choice. Just whatever name you wanted to gotcha. pick. Because he is, he is the bubble MVP, almost unanimously, I would say. Now, people, a couple of people got in there and said, Devin Booker is the bubble MVP because his team hasn't lost a game. But I don't think his teams get – well, they might go to the playoffs. It just depends on what happens on, on Thursday, yesterday. But um, <laughs> Time time warp. In any case, uh, Devin Booker has been spectacular. If I agree with you. I don't think if some of his peripheral stats are lacking. And the only thing that's come out of the bubble runner-up MVP for performance that he had is that his fantasy value is going to be overinflated next year. I think people will draft him at like 12 or 13. Oh, yeah, no. You can count me out for that. I know he's still super young and, and there's room to improve, but no, I, I'd be closer to 20. And I feel like I feel like with Booker, we've seen what he does. Like John Morant, I feel like we just scratched the surface to what he can be. Whereas I feel like with Booker, we've seen we've seen it. Like the, he is who he is. He's a scoring guard. Like That's what he does. Steve, while we're in Phoenix, before we get out of here, the quick footnote I want to put on this is about DeAndre Ayton. We talked about whether he was going to make threes, allegedly had the green light. Just wanted to let you know, in case you weren't keeping track, he, prior to Thursday, <laughs> was three for nine from long distance. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just saying. There's, you know, three for nine in seven games, getting close to .5 per game. Could be a little wrinkle added to his fantasy game. Are you yeah. giving oh, Aiton another shot uh, uh, after the season? Aiton just shot a three, dude. I swear <laughs> to gosh. <laughs> we are taping this in the first quarter of the Suns game with seven minutes and 13 seconds left. Aiton threw up a brick Dang from it. downtown. We needed that one. 
straightaway center field. Uh, Matt, I have one last thing to do before I know, we and I, I hate it. I think I know what it is. Well, I need to pick out a jersey. I know you do. And by the way, Luca, I think I just checked in hopes that he might miss some free throws and make this interesting, but I think he started out three for three on Thursday. Well, and I think he would have to shoot like eight of 30, I think, for, for that number to, to change that much. But Never say never. Uh, yeah, I like the I like your never say die attitude, Matt. It's I need you to spend some time with my son. So I made a list. But yeah, we're gonna call this over for the purposes of because we are taping today. We're gonna call this bet over. It's over. It's over. I accept it's defeat, done. not graciously, but I do. It was good. It was good bet. It was close. It was, it was really fun. close. What a line. Fun. Who set that line? That was me. And had the uh, season not been stopped and he kept shooting the way he was, he was headed in the wrong direction for a minute. That shutdown saved you. It did, because I think he spent all day, every day, just like I did, shooting free throws. Um, <laughs> so I made a list. I've got a list okay. of four jerseys that I'm considering right now. But the problem is the number one jersey on my list is the Manja Bielitsa, who almost had a triple-double on Thursday. In a meaningless finale for the Kings, he had eight assists, or he would have had a triple double. Bealitz is an unrestricted free agent. We know we don't know what team he's going to be on next year. I don't want you to spend thirty four ninety nine on a Bealitz a Kings jersey if he plays for the Suns next year. You know what I'm saying? Please, first of all, what a great keepsake for, <laughs> from his time in Sacramento. I could think of nothing better. No better way to remember these glorious days. So we may have to wait until after the free agency period before we go with a with a final decision. But Bielitz is on my list. Chris Stapp's okay. Porzingis is on my list. Sure. And I kind of sure. like those two because they're weird names. And I live in Dahlonega, Georgia, which is like people see Luka Doncic. Like they see Doncic on the back of my shirt and they're like, what the hell are you wearing, son? <laughs> like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's Luca, you know, rookie of the year. They're like, whatever. Is NASCAR on? And uh, so if I add a Bielitsa or a Przingis to my collection, that, that could freak some people out down here, which I would enjoy. Now, the other two that are on my list, you're going to like this. Okay. Trey Young. Oh, baby. My roll with a Trey Young jersey. And then uh, I've. I've decided that Michael Porter Jr. is my guy, and I think I really would be intrigued by a Nuggets MPJ jersey. So not a bowl, though. I think I think it'd be fitting only for you to go with a bowl bowl. Yeah, I don't know I if mean, I can do bowl bowl. You took a photo with his dad back in the day. It, it's a, a, a historic, world famous photo. Yes, yes, a very famous, iconic photo. I mean, I'm certain that probably seventy percent of the people listening to this podcast have seen that photo. <laughs> <laughs> So, are you, uh, bottom line, are you now making a decision, or are you putting this off until Bielitsa makes his decision? Well, what I might do is put it up on Twitter in a poll and let the oh. pe- let the people decide. I like that. I like that. Put all Bielitsa. Put four Bielitsa <laughs> options. <laughs> Figure out four nicknames for Bielitsa. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's I'll quickly go to Basketball Reference and see if he has any on there. Hold on. The dude on TV today constantly called him Belly. The new guy doing games with Doug Christie. Oh, Professor Big Shots. Wow. What? Has he earned that? That's like... Dude, he's like, hit some big shots. That shot he hit against Houston, that three-pointer to win the game earlier this year. Woo! Belly. Professor Big Shots. This would be Beal. <laughs> it's his last, not big contract, but last contract. He's 32. Ugh. Although he could be a guy who gets like five one-year deals from now on. He's one of those guys where the average 
person walking down the street would have no idea in the world, like, what sport, what, who, what? Because I didn't even know how to say his name until, like, two years ago. Mike Gallagher taught me how to say his name. I used to be, like, Bajelica. <laughs> Is that the only nickname for Bialita? Professor Big Shots and Belly, yeah. Okay. So I guess, I think we're going to let the let the people decide here, right, Steve? Is that the bottom line? Uh, that's where I'm leaning, yes. Okay, I think that's only fitting. That's only fitting. So on that note, Steve, I think we're out of here. Okay. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. In the meantime, don't forget to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you might be listening. Take a second to rate and review us as well. And on Tuesday, we will be one day into the NBA playoffs. Yes, we will. Big weekend coming up with the play-in action, so we're looking forward to that. Thanks to all of you for listening. Steve, thanks for taking the time. We will talk to you soon. Hey, have a good game of golf tomorrow. Hey, thanks, buddy. Bye. Today. <laughs> Today. Oh, that was classic.